0: Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than PrizePicks. Prize picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of A Heart Tell Podcast. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code BACKPACK. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. That's right, they'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today. tell Podcast Episode Two Ten. Dexter Henry Brian Fonseca here. Yeah. Happy Black History Month to everybody. Y'all know what time it is? Oh yes. Let's absolutely. go. Oh, oh, you forgot? Yes. No, we're we're <laughs> recording on January thirty first. Yes, January, but you know this so is this is dropping. That's on why February, I was so. like, you know, don't do not, that. They're not gonna not let think. people think. <laughs> nah. So <laughs> you see, see, being black, being black you got to get ready, man. They already gave us the shortest month for Black History Month, so you got to get ready and keep that <laughs> energy, man. I'm re- I'm ready. I-, I am ready. You know what I'm saying? You got to stay ready. But nah, happy Black History Month uh, to everybody out there. This is always an interesting time. Brian and I, we've been doing this podcast for four years. Interesting time in the world of sports. We work in the world of sports. It kind of gets a little dead. It gets a little slow. This is the week between the Super Bowl. Uh, happening, or the week where we're approaching the Pro Bowl, which I still am always like, who watches that? Um, And there's just hmm. not going on. We're waiting for the oh. trade deadline to occur. All-Star game. Wait, you watch the Pro Bowl? No,
1: but I... No. Talk I don't again. even play the Pro Bowl in Madden when, like, I get guys <laughs> in my franchise mode into the Pro Bowl. I don't even play that shit. I just skip it. Yo, I saw Mac Jones got into the Pro Bowl yesterday, I and I was that. like, get the fuck out of here. See, that's how you know you don't have to, like...
0: Why are you mad? Why are you mad at Mac Jones making the Pro Bowl,
1: man? Mac Jones not a Pro Bowl quarterback. What? Come on, man. Like if what if what did he do that one game where he threw like four times or whatever it was or three times? If if I, I have a Pro Bowl quarterback, I'm not making. I don't care what the weather conditions are. You're throwing more than three or four times in the game, or whatever that shit was. I
0: mean, I mean, he was a team player, man. He was doing whatever it took to win. And the people up there, the people up there in New England, they love Mac Jones. He's the second coming to Tom Brady, if you let them tell it. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Ryan is so no bothered, man. Yo, speak, speaking of that, I'll tell you, before we get into stuff, i would tell you this. God said, Brian might feel me on this. You know what bothers me? You know what really annoys me, man? Two like, for
1: three, by the way, that game, Mac Jones. Two for three, 19 yards three. against the Bills. And they won 14-10. <laughs> he,
0: got, he got the W, man. Pro bowl, pro, Bowls pro bowl don't mean shit. All pro, all NBA. I agree. I agree. You're not. You're not going to get any argument from me on that. People take the Pro Bowl and the All Star Game stuff too seriously. But you know what annoys me? This is a little side rant I had, and people might feel me on this. Okay, we all go to stores. We all buy different things. You know, things we might be interested in getting or whatever. I had a little problem the other day with Dunkin' Donuts. Right, Dunkin' Donuts don't fool me. OK, we know they don't sponsor this right now. I'm not anti Dunkin' Donuts for my people out there who love the Dunkin' Donuts. But check this video. And I got to see Brian's face on this. OK. This is this was a couple of days ago. My daughter, I always tell her during the week, one day I'll get her a treat after school. Sometimes it's ice cream. Sometimes it might be whatever it could be. Some Dunkin' Donuts. She likes Dunkin' Donuts. She asked me to go to Dunkin' Donuts after school. We go to the Dunkin' Donuts. We go to Dunkin' Donuts and they're out of donuts. How are you out of Whoa. donuts if <laughs> you're Dunkin' Donuts? Yo, is it because, what did they say? It was a shortage on donuts? Like we have a no, shortage on everything no, now? Nope, no, sir. The man just looked at me and like, We out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what? Like, so this, this is my thing, B. You can't be, you can't I have be, to clip that. You can't be Popeyes. You can't be Kentucky Fried Chicken and running out of chicken. You can't be Starbucks and running out of coffee. You can't be Burger King or Shake Shack and running out of the burgers. This is what you do. <laughs> you don't you have to fill in your name and then run out of it. You know, but the story gets better, man. So we go to we go to one Dunkin' Donuts, the Dunkin' Donuts that's closest to where I live. Now, around where I live, this, you know, we're in New York City. There are several. Dunkin' Donuts within the neighborhood where I can go. Quick drive about five minutes each from each other. We go to another Dunkin' Donuts and they're out of donuts. No!
1: No! Multiple Dunkin' Donuts in the same Multiple area? Multiple
0: Dunkin' Donuts in the same area out of donuts. And so I not, start thinking man. maybe, maybe, just maybe the people in my neighborhood just really hit up the Dunkin' Donuts heavy. They're <laughs> <and> really <laughs> eating some donuts right now. I, I I don't know. But I'm still like, And let me me also be clear on the time of day, because I don't want to be... This wasn't like it was top of the morning. I understand that. But it was about 4 p.m., okay? I still feel like people coming after school, after work, they want to get some donuts.
1: Yeah, that's normally when you would, like,
0: you know, on on Friday,
1: you would get the box. You know what I'm saying? So the family can have it for the weekend. You get the box of, like, 12
0: donuts or whatever. We used to do that, like, you know? You can't, again, I'm going, you can't say, you know what, man, I'm going to go to the bagel shop and ain't got no bagels. (laughs) You go to the pizza shop, they got no pizza. You're Dunkin' Donuts. Donuts is in your name. (laughs) And there's none. Didn't they change it to Dunkin' or whatever? Well, they still, it says Dunkin' Donuts on the stores I went to. The ones that are still... I mean, yes. But I do think even, they changed their branding to Duncan. You're right even about if that.
1: They, even if they did, they're one of those places where it's like, we don't care what you change your name to, we're going to call you Duncan Donuts.
0: Okay. Fair. We're not going to fucking call you Duncan. Although so, it got me to thinking, right? This whole situation, I've been thinking, one, I still think I'm <laughs> right about the fact that you got to have what's in your name, even though yeah. they've taken Duncan out the name. But it makes me think because Dunkin' Donuts now come to the point where people don't really go there for the donuts as much so they don't produce as much like do people go to dunkin donuts more for the coffee now than they do the donut I, i'm not necessarily sure i like, go
1: for the i go for like their breakfast wraps or sandwiches see i, I can like, see like, that yeah.
0: too i can see that too be the last yeah. couple of times i've actually a couple of wake up wraps
1: into, you know what i'm saying yeah
0: the last couple of times i went to dunkin donuts and i remember the time i was at before that i was covering a storm It was like one of the only things that was open in Poughkeepsie, New York that morning was Dunkin' Donuts. I got myself a breakfast sandwich. I don't really go for the donuts. But anyway, to wrap this story, we found some donuts. We had to go to the third Dunkin' Donuts where they finally, and I went in there, they didn't have much donuts. There was a few. A few. They had a couple of Boston creams. They had no glazed donuts, which is what my daughter wanted. And they had some other chocolate donuts. I'm with her. Glazed is the best one. She wanted glazed donuts. So, my daughter was disappointed because she didn't even get the donuts that she wanted. Yeah. But two of these Dunkin' Donuts didn't even have donuts. What are we doing? What are we doing?
1: So, glazed, Uh, what else?
0: Strawberry? Strawberry she- is one of my favorites. Well, she really wanted the strawberry and they didn't have that. That was her top choice. That's the best she one. She was like, Daddy, we will go with the glaze. And when they didn't have any donuts at last, you should have seen her face. Duncan Do- I should have taken a picture of my daughter's face and sent it, tweeted it at Dunkin' Donuts. They should have seen the disappointment that Simone had from going to two locations in New York City, yeah. in New York City, that did not have any donuts. I'm so like just my- saying, I'm just saying, you about the donuts, you gotta have the donuts. You ain't she- got the donuts, can't be about the donuts. That's all I'm saying. Is she like munchkins? Uh, I'm trying to think if she's had the munchkins yet. Yeah, I don't think so. She's about the good. full donuts.
1: Yeah, no, Hold the on. munchkins are good, too, but that's something that you give to, like, a kid that age, because that was when I was having them at, like, a school and shit. You was look
0: a, like... I actually went to school... You look like you used to go crazy on the munchkins. I can see you. You look like you used to go crazy on the
1: munchkins. I'm super picky, though. Like, they would have some flavors. I was like, ah, I don't want that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. like,
0: I actually went to a
1: elementary... Not elementary school. What's before that? Kindergarten and, and, yeah, pre-K. I went to... I'm like, what's before that? <laughs> Before, um, before when I was going to kindergarten and pre K, yeah, there was a Dunkin' Donuts like around the block from the school that we would go to regularly. You know what I mean? That would be like, that would be like some shit where we go get tables and eat fucking donuts and shit. That's some hood shit. <laughs>
0: that's a, also, that's some young hood shit. But yeah, the Donuts. <laughs> Shout out, Miss Jacara, wherever you are. Uh, and and I my first don't teacher don't. was black lady. She was mm-hmm. cool as fuck. Black History Month, There you go. Month there. There you go. Black History there Black we, History, yeah. There, there we go, there we go, Black History Month there. Look, I'm just saying, for Black History Month, Dunkin' Donuts, don't make me have to come back on this podcast to talk about this again. Let's get some donuts up in there. That's all I'm saying. Let's get some donuts up in there. Moving off of donuts uh, to football. The Super Bowl set. It's the matchup we all wanted, people. The Cincinnati Bengals versus the Los Angeles Rams. Who predicted this? Who saw this coming? Uh, I, I, uh, nobody. Let the media okay. tell it. They'll all say that Joe Burrow saw this coming. Well, we'll get to that in a second. So con- congratulations to both teams. I'm still calling them up.
1: the St. Louis Rams, like instinctively, by the way. It still, has, it still hasn't like changed. Like I watched the game, and I'll still refer to them
0: as St. Louis periodically. I I, I get it. I, I, I This is not the matchup I wanted to see. I would have wanted to see Kansas City play Los Angeles. That did not happen uh congratulations to the cincinnati bengals uh shout out to a good friend of my family uh mr jeffrey broadnax he is the only cincinnati bengals fan that i know i messaged him yesterday i know he's very happy and he asked me to talk about it in the podcast so i'm shouting you out mr broadnax congrats to your cincinnati bengals uh you have probably waited a long time for this i know uh, it's been a long time but i'll tell you what you know what saying the cincinnati bengals Get to the Super Bowl made me realize, Brian, it made me realize that my decision to no longer, and your decision, to no longer root for the New York Jets was absolutely the right one, right? Absolutely the right one. The Bengals, they've been terrible. They've been sorry. The Bengals, But the Bengals have been to the Super Bowl more times in my life than the Jets, more time in Brian's life than the Jets, and it just shows you how sorry the Jets are. Even if you didn't think they were sorry. Yeah, I'm glad I left and went to the Steelers. And somebody will say, oh, well, a team in now, your new division, they went to the Super Bowl. But still, still not bad for the Jets. Jets fans, look, Brian tried to tell me a long time ago, y'all could listen to it too. You don't have to live that life. You don't got to do it. You don't got to live that life of misery and pain. Because I don't know when y'all went to the Super Bowl. I was glad I don't live that life anymore. That's all. It made me realize that. Uh, are you Self-love is important. It is. Self-love <laughs> is important. That's right. I love myself and I don't feel like dealing with that anymore. Uh are you excited at all for the Super Bowl matchup? I'm kind of No, no. I I'll be working during the Super Bowl, but I'm not really excited. I you know I'll be watching, but it's kind of whatever. How you feeling, Brian? I'm almost
1: like I'm almost dreading these next 2 weeks. I'm being totally honest. Oh, no. Like, I'm, oh, like I, I think the game itself is going to be very interesting, entertaining. And I wanted to see the Rams there. I think the Rams are, I mean, I don't want to say legit from the standpoint of like, they'll kick everybody's ass type of shit. But that doesn't always draw it in, you know, my attention for sports, right? For me, I think the Rams are just interesting because there's a lot there in terms of them actually going for it. They have guys that I think are very interesting on that team, Matthew Stafford, who I I know that, like, we've heard Bomani Jones' criticisms and other guys, for example, or whatever. Um, And I would say, like, I think that he gets – he should get a little bit more credit for being a viable guy on Detroit Lions for that long of a time, right? Like, he was somebody where it's like, yeah, he's a franchise quarterback. Uh, He's not, like, on the top end of that like some other people would try to be like, oh, if he just got a chance, whatever, whatever. But I do think that if you prove you're bad, I mean, if you prove you're good in a bad situation, right? Um, As two people uh, with experience doing that perhaps in our careers, Dexter, we could probably say. (laughs) um, Because we see some of the fires that have been going on recently that I'm not going to mention, but whoo! Look, I think that with Matthew Stafford, like he should get credit for that. And I think that He's a legit good, not great, but I think he's a legit good quarterback. I would put him in the top 10, 12 in the league, which is probably where I would have had him for most of the last several years. Right. Probably on the lower end of that. Sure. But good. And shit, if I was a jet, he's better than any quarterback I've ever had as a jet fan when I was a jet fan back in the day, you know, except for maybe Chad Pennington, but like, you know, he's better than Chad Pennington. Yeah. Yeah. No, what am I saying? (laughs) But but and then with Aaron
0: Donald, you know, pit greatness, right, Dex? You know what I'm saying? Like the, the problem for me in the Super Bowl is you got Aaron Donald, pit greatness on one side. You got another pit guy, not Tyler Boyd on the other side. So it's mm. two Pitt Panthers in the Super Bowl going against each other. It also means you know, can't lose. Can't lose. Pitt, Pitt's gonna win.
1: Yeah. But and the thing is, like Aaron Donald, like this won't surprise you, Dex. This is my kind of dude. Oh, you know God. what I mean? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yes! This is 6'1", kind of maybe three hundred pounds. Defensive tackle got eighteen sacks, twenty sacks one year as a defensive tackle. Ninety eight sacks in like seven or eight NFL seasons. Um, if you look, shout out to Daily Chips on YouTube, one of my favorite channels. Uh, Daily Chips compiles these fight altercations. Typically with NBA players like all of Markeith Morris's and Jimmy Butler's fights and uh, you know Patrick Beverly and Rajon Rondo and Kevin Garnett Kevin Garnett running away and almost all of them by the way the only person he actually wanted to go out was Dwight. Wait, Howard, what? So Yeah. Um,
0: okay, yeah. we okay. Mark that yeah. down. We got to we got to get somebody from from there on here this year to break some that of channel. this stuff. down. What'd you say?
1: I said, I love that channel.
0: Oh, I thought you said you don't think it's going to happen. I was like, okay.
1: And then Aaron Donald has one, And I was like, huh, uh-huh. I usually go here for the basketball fights, but I didn't know. And I was, imp- look, Aaron Donald, I, like what I saw. He did it against the uh, last, he did it against, uh, not the 49ers, but last week against, uh, who the fuck Bucks. did they beat last week? The Bucs. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who they played. Yeah, like Aaron Donald, you know what I'm saying? Like he's gonna he's gonna protect himself, protect his guys, and he ain't scared of nobody. And I love it. He's such a he's such a Brian dude. If I had an all Brian football team, you already know he's on that squad. Yeah. And then yeah. and then obviously, you know, Odell Beckham, uh, and you know, Dex obviously, you know, you could lend a lot here, but Odell Beckham is somebody who's been polarizing to say the least, particularly in New York. And look, he balled out in an NFC championship game. And is one of the reasons that the Rams are going to the Super Bowl, uh, along with Matthew Stafford, Eric Donald, Cooper Cub, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey. They just have a lot of interesting guys that I'm looking forward to. And then on the Cincinnati side, obviously, you have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. But, you know, Joe Burrow is going to dominate all the freaking headlines and stories. And they're going to shove him down our throats. And they're going to make me purposely hate this dude. And I'm not <laughs> going to get into that Joe, Joe Burrow thing yet. Because I like Joe Burrow. I legitimately do. He's cool. I think he's legitimately really good. but motherfuckers just can't help themselves. with the next, when the next, what, when what, the next what, great what, white yeah. hole comes along, they can't, they can't help themselves.
0: They got to, they got to get on right away. So are you, You are, so you, it sounds to me like you're rooting for the Rams.
1: Yes. I'm betting like, on so, the Rams. I'm rooting for the Rams. Yes.
0: I'm rooting for the Rams. Um, Like I said, Pitt's going to win in this no matter what, but I'm rooting for the Rams. Uh, for I want Aaron either. Donald to get his. If I had picked, I, I, I had do pick one player to get
1: their yeah. ring here. Well, Aaron would probably him be first.
0: I want OBJ to get OBJ his OBJ second
1: to me, and because, Aaron because a lot first. of Aaron people, Donnell, Aaron Donald after the last play after the Jimmy Garoppolo interception was pointing at his ring finger,
0: and I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's you know what I'm saying. That's my I, kind of dude. <laughs> I'm I'm here for Aaron Donald getting one. I do. Um, he's a beast. I enjoy watching him play. I've always heard a lot from people about uh his workouts. Uh, Sometimes comes back to the University of Pittsburgh and does some workouts. I've heard from some people there about how intense those are. So I definitely want to see him get one. I like you too, Brian. Want to see OBJ get one? I think OBJ's been through a lot with people trying to tear him down in the media. I think he's happy. He wanted to play in LA. I know he wants to stay in LA. Um, I think he's happy where he is. He balled out. There were people weeks ago, let's not forget, it was just a few weeks ago, there were people saying that he was done which I thought was ridiculous. And now it's like, who looks bad? OBJ or Baker Mayfield? Mm, yeah. Might be Baker Mayfield. So I'm rooting for that. I'm not terribly excited about this matchup, uh, but of course, you know, I will be watching. We'll see what happens uh, with that. Not terribly excited, but what people are excited for. Oh, that quarterback number nine in Cincinnati. That would be Joe Burrow. The Joe Burrow. hype train is moving. I mean, we saw this after the game, they beat the Chiefs, stunning uh, upset, come back from 18 points down. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes did not play well. The Chiefs' defense couldn't stop. Myself, or Brian, right now, didn't look good. Joe Burrow wins this game. He makes the plays. He needs to play, Play make, no doubt about that. But after the game. Did you see my tweet, by media, the way? Did you see my you tweet, say?
1: by the way, yesterday? Did you see my tweet yesterday Which tweet? Comparing, comparing
0: LeBron's
1: um, – LeBron's 2011 finals to what Patrick Mahomes did after the second quarter yesterday. That's Uh, what it felt like to me. I can see that. Like that great of a player doing whatever the fuck that shitty five-yard throws that were just off target and lazy and should have been intercepted. Like he did that like four times at least. And it was some
0: some curious play calling with them at the end of the game, having a chance to punch in a touchdown or at least get a field goal. Uh, to tie, which they did. I believe it was second down. It was second and goal from about the five or four. And instead of just running the ball again and forcing them to use their timeouts, their last timeout that they would have had Cincinnati, they had a play where Mahomes is scrambling, backpedaling for his life, uh is able to get it away. The next play, they do the same thing. Then he fumbles it, and they're lucky that they recovered it because uh, that could have been a wrap for them in their season right there. I didn't understand some of the play calling there. That seemed like another one where the coaches just overthink it, run the ball. They've been having some success on their drive, run the ball, running the ball. I didn't understand it all. But after the game, everybody's on the Joe Burrow bandwagon. Oh, Joe Burrow's great. He's this. Brian sent me a tweet, and what somebody said, he's America's quarterback and whenever somebody oh, said oh, <laughs> whenever oh, somebody oh, said this, oh. this is america's player i'm always like which america are you talking about right. right and generally when it comes to a player that uh let's just say will not be participating in the black history month we know who they're talking about and what america they're talking about so i'm just like okay he's america's quarterback and to me the thing about all the hype that came to Joe Burrow yesterday that, after this game that we saw, this AFC Championship game to me, Ryan, was the disrespect for Patrick Mahomes. Sit, we're yo. talking about, we're acting like this guy, Patrick Mahomes, one, is not the best quarterback in football. Two, have gone to four straight AFC Championship games, won a Super Bowl, has been dominant for years. We admittedly said he had a bad half, but now we're just, this is like Brian said, people take it too far. You've gone too far. We could say Joe Burrow played well. We could say Joe Burrow overcame a shitty offensive line to win a divisional round. Played good to make the plays that needed to be done in the AFC Championship game. That's fine. But now, is he the best quarterback in football? No. That's just stupid. No. We don't have to do that. This is the problem. For certain people, certain players that look a certain way, they just got to push it too far. Y'all got to do too much. Like, I don't feel like people were amazed by Mahomes. I don't feel like there was this anointment of him or saying that he was America's quarterback. Like, nobody was saying that. Did, I didn't see Lamar Jackson get called America's quarterback.
1: That's the first person I thought about, too. When he so ask to
0: yourself why like and who do you call America's quarterback and why do you do it, right? Like, just ask yourself that. You'll see the patterns with this and how this happens, right? And, yeah, we hear to call out black history month. I keep my, we never keep out tongue squad, but not this month. It's not going to happen. But yes, I just think it's been, Ryan, I know you were annoyed about it. I know you have a lot to say, but I thought it was a bit much what we saw yesterday from people in finding reasons to talk about Joe Burrow's greatness. Joe Burrow's been very good. I like Joe Burrow. I think he's got a lot of heart, a lot of moxie. I think he can be really good. We don't have to jump off the cliff with everything. We don't have to go so far. I'm sure you saw more. I stayed away from it on Twitter. I'm sure you saw more of what people were saying, the ridiculousness of it. And we don't... Here's another thing, people. We don't always have to comment on everything in the moment. Like, we have to say something about something because one person said something so ridiculous, now the next person has to say it about a particular athlete. Like, it's okay. Jabra played well. Congrats. He made it to the Super Bowl. What happens in the Super Bowl... If he throws four interceptions, now Joe Burrow's going to stink? I don't think so. I don't think he stinks. But what, like, what's going to happen then?
1: Nah, you know what's going to happen? People are going to say, oh, don't worry about it. He'll be back like three, four more times. But Dan Marino went in his second year and never went back. And don't point. get me to the point where great I'm going to root for that. All right? Don't great get me point. to the point where I root for that career outcome. Um, There's a lot of different directions this could go, but I'll just say this. We get way too hyped about the shiny new toy shit. Treating Patrick Mahomes like he's 30 years old and damn near cooked. It's like he's 26, already went to multiple Super Bowls, won one, probably would have won a second one if he had an offensive line. Um, because I don't, I've, you still can't convince me that that Tampa Bay Bucs team was that good, right? Uh, but anyway, I mean, look, even this year, we have two Super Bowl teams. I'm not convinced that they're the best two teams in the NFL at all. The Rams might be the best in the NFC, but I think the NFC was pretty fucking weak this year. Yeah, people get way too hype about just the new thing that comes along. We do this with athletes, we do this with media members, we do this with a lot of different things. Like it's it's interesting that we were talking briefly about John Morant and Luka Doncic on the timeline yesterday because I think John Morant is like the shiny new thing, and people are gonna not people are not gonna like him in three four years unless he wins a championship, they'll get over him. They went through with Giannis. Giannis was the the nice, lovable underdog type of dude, and then you know his quote unquote, D.K. Wholesome has a great story, all these different things. And then, oh, he's a bust. He can't win a championship. He can't beat the heat. And then all of a sudden he wins a championship and we're back on his dick. We are a nation of dick riders. We are a society of fucking nut hugging motherfuckers who just can't like help ourselves. We always have to get on the hype train and, you know, ride it until the wheels fall off, until everything is Fucking, you know, shitty, and this person loses, or the person we root for loses, or whatever. We do this with music artists, we do this with athletes, we do this with media members. Somebody comes along, new and is young, and then we'll probably hate them a few years from now. We'll see how people treat Malika Andrews when she's thirty-two years old. You know what I'm saying? Like this is what it happens all the time. This is how people react to shit. Should I read some of the texts that I was sending uh, from from yesterday from the? Please
0: enlighten me. Well, not enlighten me because I saw it, but enlighten our audience.
1: I'm gonna choose them carefully. Because there are some things that I'm gonna to... <laughs> there are some things where I'm just like, yeah, I'm not gonna read that one. My timeline, this is during the game. My timeline, way too hype about Burrow, always the shiny new shit. LOL, they'll hate him in three years. <laughs> you know it's true, Dex. Like, you know it's true. You know how this is gonna be. Like, th- think about it. If he doesn't win the Super Bowl within the next three years, yeah, people are gonna start questioning him. If he wins all three between now and then, people are going to be tired of him. Like, we're just going to keep finding ways to just move the goalposts and change the narrative or whatever the case may be all the time. This is what it is. And it's like, by the way, Tony Romo, now that I'm seeing this, he was mad annoying uh, yesterday. Um, But the whole thing with Joe Burrow, yeah, I'm not going to repeat that. Oh, he puffs cigars. Yeah, people keep freaking posting the pictures of him puffing cigars at LSU. You know what I mean? Because he's supposed to you know he's supposed to be joe cool and all this shit and i'm like yo like we're just overdoing it and every turn like all right we get it new young dude is here he's good and we have to uh, overblow it on every turn people were getting hyped because he did the icky shuffle allegedly with icky woods icky woods didn't even know what the fuck he was doing they shook hands at mid at midfield and then he just kind of spontaneously just did had like a half-assed icky shuffle and icky shuffle just kind of looked at him And then looked away. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. That wasn't the icky shuffle. And then everyone's like, "Oh my god, he did the icky shuffle with Icky Woods." No, the fuck he didn't. But this is how it is. I I, I don't understand
0: why people people have to act like if somebody who has celebrity does something with somebody else it's like, "Oh my god, it's so cool," or "So it's out of this world." Like it's people would somebody else has randomly seen Icky Woods and done the icky shuffle. Not amazing. And I'm gonna bring up the Taylor Rooks tweet because. I mean,
1: Taylor Rooks, look, she does very good work, obviously. Uh, we like her up here. But Joe Burrow told me that if he went into an NBA game, he could get at least 12 to 15 points, parentheses with a straight face. And I knew he was going to be great because that is just a rational confidence. And I'm like, yo, again, we like Taylor up here. What does that mean? Mad people are rationally confident. Like mad people who are right. five foot six, 250 pounds, out of shape, they think that they can score eight, 10 points in an NBA game. Like, they honestly really think that. We see this in bars all the time and shit like that. Like, irrational confidence is cool when it's acceptable by, you know, people just because they like the athlete. But, like, if J.R. Smith is irrationally confident, if a lesser athlete, or if non-athletes are irrationally confident, then,
0: like, what are we doing here? It's ultimate Irrational confidence. The, the problem for me with that tweet is it makes it sound like irrational confidence is a precursor to success. And it is not, right? We know athletes who are rationally confident that haven't succeeded on the greatest stage. I would say most, most people are rationally confident, period, by the way. I, yeah, say most people I, are. I might disagree with that. I'm not sure most people are rationally confident. I think, you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not sure a lot. I, th- I think there are people who are confident. I think there are people who are rationally confident. I think people who lack confidence. I actually do think irrational confidence is a small percentage of people. But what I think we need to understand is it does not mean that you're going to be successful. Taylor Rooks kind of intimates that because she saw this irrational confidence in him that she knew that he could do something. It's like, yeah, maybe, right? Like, th- th- maybe. Like, Correlations is not equal means, causation. All means is that person has a strong belief in self, right? Strong belief in yourself does not equate to success. It takes... It's great. It's a great thing to have. I'm somebody... Tell, co- having confidence is better than not having confidence confident in that. I'm confident in that. Having the rational confidence is probably really good because when people tell you no, you're not going to listen to them. That can also be a good thing. It can also make you stubborn or hard-headed. There's a very thin line between that. It also doesn't mean that you're going to succeed, right? You also have to have the wherewithal to know your limitations, what you can, what you can't do. Just because you think you can score 10 or 15 points in an NBA game doesn't mean that you will. You know what I'm saying? Like I think it's nice that you think you can it's nice that you're not afraid. That's all nice, he but he can't. It by the way, you will. Also, right. we don't. That's my my problem with those tweets and all this stuff is we don't have to find things to define somebody's accomplishments all the time. Sometimes it just is what it is. Joe Burrow played a good game. Joe Burrows had a good playoff run. Joe Burrow stepped up when it mattered. That's it. It's nothing more than that. We don't have to go back and be like, whoa, when Joe Burr was six years old, I always knew we could make it here. Okay. If you did, cool. But what does that mean? <laughs> like, what is it? Especially, Where- from people who, especially from people who don't really know him like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if his mama says something or his dad says something or people close to him, I might say, I will take what they have to say with a strong, me- strong measure. I really would listen to that. But all the rest of y'all chiming in on Twitter on uh, you didn't know. You didn't know nothing. You didn't know shit. You Honestly. didn't know. We but we Brian, you make another good point. We do this with athletes, we do this with people. There's this, we gotta ride the wave, build them up to most likely then tear people down. Yes. And when and when people do not live to quote unquote standards or the pedestal we put them on, we bring them down. We're seeing this now with the New York Knicks with Julius Randle which I've long talked about. Julius Randle, who has not played well, but there's a segment of the Knicks community that is being, I think, a little bit too harsh on him. And something I spoke about when I had Chris Herring on the NBA Exchange the other day in reading his new book, I think we sometimes don't think enough, especially now we talk more about mental health. We don't think a lot lot about what people may be going through and to why we might see them perform in the field. You never know what somebody's going through. I understand it's their job and they got to show up and we expect them to perform. But they are people. And they didn't ask for this. And all this stuff that people put on. Joe Burrow didn't ask for this. I'm not mad at Joe Burrow. I'm mad at you, the people out there. Because y'all yeah, are doing too support. much. Yeah, y'all yeah. are doing too much. And nobody asked for it. Nobody asked for it. Nobody can just be like, man, great win. I'll see what he does in Super Bowl. Everything has to be to another level.
1: Like Everybody has to do the most on Twitter. On social media, period. And like, not not like playfully, like, ha-ha, I'm in on the joke doing the most. It's like dead ass doing the most. Like, actually trying to do the most just so they can get, you know, to point A, point B, whatever. Not, again, not Taylor. But like, in general, people.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't.
1: That's like that's just where we are now.
0: I don't feel like that was like Taylor's intent. Like, while I think her tweet, I agree, I think it's fair to question, what does that mean? Yeah. I think that's more than fair to question it. There's other people I think that was there just jumping on, like when somebody says Joe Barrow's America's quarterback. Like, what qualifies as that? What does that even mean? Like, I really want to know that. What does that mean?
1: White, not problematic, cool, young, good arm. That that's all that that dude means, by that.
0: right? I'm, I, and and like, come on, be better. By than the that. way, he should not get all the credit for the win. He didn't even
1: play that great. Like, he has Jamar Chase, one of the best receivers in the league already as a rookie, and. Their defense kept making play after play after play against the Chiefs, against Patrick Mahomes. Like, but this is what this is another thing that pisses me off about football. And this is why I thank God I did not go the football analyst route because I don't care about football like that. Because all people do is just give credit to the fucking quarterback all the time. That shit is annoying. It's like, yo, this mad quarterback is more dependent on everything else going right than like, you know, compared to stars in other sports, for example. Baseball is very individualistic, as we talked about. Basketball, yep. the one player out of five on the court on your team matters so much. The quarterback, it's like, yo, generally speaking, you don't have an offensive line and or receivers, and you're cooked. And that's what made yesterday so interesting, because it's like the Bengals don't even have a great offensive line, and the Chiefs weren't getting pressure up front. And it's like, yo, Joe Burrow has time. He has very good – not even just Jamar Chase, by the way. Tyler Boyd Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying T Higgins and they had Uzoma but he ended up getting hurt and it's like yo he doesn't get all the credit for this but they're gonna give it to him because this is what we do we give it to the quarterback no matter what and it's another reason why I kind of hope the Rams win this because then here's what's gonna happen because it's a copycat league and all sports leagues are copycat leagues I don't want to just call the NFL league copycat Mm -hmm. but with Joe Burrow If he wins, what's going to happen is in the NFL draft, this is going to be fascinating, right? In the NFL draft, people are just going to be, even though this isn't a great quarterback draft, people are going to be drafting quarterbacks in round one, probably more than we expect. We expect two, maybe three. It's probably going to be like four or five because people are like, yo, you got to get the next young quarterback who's going to be ready to play right away. And if Matthew Stafford wins, we might see more teams try to get a veteran. Just try to trade for a veteran like a Russell Wilson who might be out there and Aaron Rodgers who might be out there, etc. Like it's just a copycat league in that way, so I'm kind of hoping for the Rams to win because I'm of the school where I don't think you need an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl, as we've seen in plenty of the past several Super Bowls with Nick Foles beating Tom Brady in the New England Patriots, and I would argue that when Tom Brady won it with the Tampa Bay Bucs and even his last couple with the Patriots, while well, he, he was, was not elite, he was good, but he wasn't like he himself like he, again needed a lot of things to go Tom Brady would even acknowledge this he needed a lot of things to go right to beat Tom Brady in the very beginning they were they were hiding him as best as they could and then he got comfortable when when they got Randy Moss and they got an offensive line and they got running backs Deion Branch was good then along the way you saw Aaron Hernandez Rob Gronkowski etc cetera, etc cetera. like yo, you're dependent on all these other factors it's rare that we see one quarterback lift up sort of all tides rise all tides lift all boats whatever the saying is and with the Kansas City Chiefs, it's like even Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill,
0: Miko Hardman.
1: They I mean, had Sammy Watkins at talent, one point.
0: You need talent to succeed as a quarterback. I' you know, There's going to be no disagreement for me on that. But you're right. I don't think people talk about it enough. I think you're right about that. and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. Let's move on real quick to to your boy Tom Brady. I don't know what's going on. He reportedly was retired have you have a theory yeah on this yeah he, before it said other people set the stage yes said that he was retired then it came out and his agent said that he had not informed the bucks yet of his retirement but it sounds like he's retired we're not really sure uh brian what's your theory and and what do you think the legacy of tom brady who many people consider the goat quarterback uh what, what's what's your theory on this and what do you think his legacy will be uh, if he does indeed leave the game.
1: I'm not going to get into all that because, you know, I don't, I'm not a Tom Brady fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as a, as a tormented New Yorker, like he's another one where we do too much. Like Dex, were you on Twitter after the announcement was uh, revealed or not revealed, but the announcement or it wasn't even an announcement. The report of his yes. retirement from Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter. I, I
0: was I, I was not paying attention to that. Oh, people were doing, they
1: were posting the pictures of him with all the rings. They were doing too much. They were saying, you know, whatever. And it's his retirement. But here's the thing. I didn't think it was, I didn't, something was fishy as soon as that was announced, right? Because I'm like, all right, if I know Tom Brady even a little bit, I know that this retirement is not going to come from a Jeff Darlington, Adam Schefter report if he can control it. So it probably leaked. And what I'm thinking is the reason why they're backtracking, even though the NFL said, thank you, Tom, whatever. I heard the NFL count said that, according Mm to Mike Ryan Ruiz at the Levitar show. I think that Tom Brady obviously wants to control his messaging here. And we've seen that with his shows, The Man in the Arena, which they keep running ads for that I'm not going to listen to. And um, the Let's Go podcast he does with Jim Gray. And I think Larry Fitzgerald, which I'm not going to listen to. But um, you know it's a podcast called Let's Go. I like Dex. Come on, you know what I'm saying. Like, what 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 what's the worst name of a show that you can get me to not listen to? than let's go with exclamation point. Uh, let's go again. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> so basically, what I think is this: with Tom Brady, I think that he wants to control his messaging. Doesn't like that the leak got out, and I no, think. Good. And I think the video is not done. What I mean by that is they're working on a video montage for his retirement. One of these big things where it's going to be him narrating and talking over it and cinematic and all this shit. As, you know, rightfully so. You should do that if you want. I'm here for it if it looks good. Yeah. I think they're working on that. It's not done yet. And when that's done, he'll post it on his page. The TV 12 logo, all this shit. Thanking everybody. I'm going to go be a great husband now. All this shit. And I'm going to retire, whatever, whatever. So I do think he's going to retire. And I do think the report, I trust the reporting of Adam Schefter, Jeff Darlington here, even though some people might take exception with Adam Schefter's reporting uh, over the last few months, (laughs) I will trust the reporting here in this instance. Right. And I will say that I just think that they want to do it a specific way. Video montage, perhaps an announcement, perhaps both an announcement within the video montage was probably fair to expect. And it's just not ready to go yet, and they want to save it for a specific time.
0: So that's what I think is going on here, honestly. If I had to guess, I, I mean that's fine. I th- I do think to some degree Tom Brady wants to control the narrative here, and he should. We we fully support that. Um, I there was a play in the Bucks Rams game two weeks ago where Tom Brady got hit, and he was laying on the floor, and I on the ground, and I was like, yo, yeah. I don't think he wants this anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would got to think at his age, he's 44. You don't think that, his wife gotta, wants it anymore either, right? wants it anymore either. You get hit like that, and you're just like, yeah, there's only so many more of these I could take. Do I think he probably could have played another year? Probably. Look, Tom Brady's not what he once was the last couple of years. Brian, you talked about how he was not elite, and he won a Super Bowl the previous year. You're right. His numbers did- are
1: very good. But, like, you know, when you watch him, it's like, yo, a lot of things – again, Tampa Bay – why is he playing so well? All those receivers, that offensive line, accept. right? He's got a
0: good offensive line, fantastic defense. Defense that gets pressure on the quarterback. Uh, well, but, but all that being said, not taking anything away from Tom Brady. I think even at the age he was playing, he was still playing very well. Yeah, but I do think you start taking these hits at forty-four; they feel different the next day. Father time catches up to all of us, and. I think he just was like, no, I don't want any more of that. Now, in terms of his legacy, I'm not going to get too much in this until he officially retires, we know. Yeah, exactly. But I think we know uh, how great he's been and some of the things that he has done uh, throughout his career. Everybody seems to always like playing with him. I've always said that's always been pretty interesting. Guys have really liked to play with him mm-hmm. um, and enjoy playing with him no matter what. So that's kind of cool, and he has a lot of respect from a lot of people. So when it's official... We'll talk more. I think we'll talk more about Tom Brady. For now, it's up in the air. I think the man deserves to go out on his own terms, and the way he wanted to. So uh, we will uh, talk, talk, talk about that. All right. We have some quick things that Brian told me he wanted to talk about real quick in this podcast. All of which I think are interesting, by the way. Uh, might, I, might I add? Um, I was. We were going to talk about the NBA All Star voting, but we're going to get out, get out of that. I will ask a quick question about that. If yeah. you care, uh, because I know friend of the podcast, Samoke Davis, asked me if we would talk about this and I would talk about it in the exchange, but there will be no NBA exchange this week because I have to travel. Were you upset that Andrew Wiggins was named an all star? I was not personally, uh, mad about this as some people were. I do not think he should have been an all star starter, but I'm not like, I'm not up in arms to anything over the NBA all star game. What, what did you think about Andrew Wiggins being named an all star?
1: I'm a little, I, I was a little like, I was surprised that I didn't really have a reaction to it, but I think here's why Dex, keep keep the camera on both of us. <laughs> yeah. I I did not like, I wasn't one of these people that was like pissed about it because I saw it coming. Once he overtook Paul George in the voting, I was like, yeah, he's he's going to get it. Like the push is happening. Right. Whether it's the Golden State Warriors fans coming through, all of Canada, um, the anti-vaxxers, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, he ended up getting vaccinated, but still, right. you know, they they probably like, oh, you know, he did that because he mm-hmm. has to. The NBA, we still stand with him. Blah 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 blah. But Wiggins got really good after he got vaccinated, didn't he? Um, so basically, basically, uh, I I, I was sort of bracing for it. So while I think it's it's stupid it, to some degree because it's like obviously he shouldn't be a starter, I'm actually not really like up in arms about his All Star case too, which is another thing, like. Reason, within reason if Draymond Green's going to be hurt and not play Paul George is going to be hurt and not play like he
0: could have been a replacement there right like even yeah. though
1: yeah I'm with you on that yeah like it wasn't like it wasn't like they put uh you know Zuba in the game or some shit like that from the yeah, Clippers
0: I, yeah I think there's a case in like he was probably a late pick for the All-Star game as a reserve and I yeah. wouldn't have been upset about it I do not again, I do not think he is an all-star starter by any means based on the way he's played this year, but I would not have been terribly annoyed if he had been named the reserve, especially as a replacement to Draymond Green, that who I think should be a, an all-star. Yes. That would he would have been my
1: he would have been my starter, by the way.
0: Yes, he would have been mine too. Um, but I'm not again. Whatever. You said this before about the Pro Bowl and all pro and all NBA and all-star team. I do not get terribly up in arms about these things. It is an exhibition game we're talking about. Is it an honor? Yes. I don't think any of it is that serious. Um, Will anybody be talking about this a year from now, two years from now? Probably not.
1: Maybe, actually, because it'll be like, yo, remember when Andrew Wiggins started the All-Star Game type of shit? Nobody nobody said that.
0: (laughs) I think, I think, I think, think no. Unless he goes crazy in the All-Star Game. Unless he goes crazy, like wins MVP or something, then yes. I'm rooting for that actually. You know what? Now I'm rooting
1: for that. Now that you pointed that out, I'm rooting for that. No, but what I'll say is like with Andrew Wiggins, like that's the thing for me, right? Like regardless of who starts, I I think who starts in basketball is generally overrated, because I think that who finishes matters more. And for the All Star game, like I couldn't care like that. I, I might. I don't even always watch the All Star game, right? Like, like I'll have it on generally all the time but will i be actively paying attention to it necessarily i don't know about that and look if i'm being honest the western conference front court not great now the players who should be starting ahead of him rudy gobert probably being one of the main ones him or carl anthony towns carl anthony towns wasn't going to start paul george is hurt i would have had him in there if not for jamon green who's also hurt and then rudy gobert i mean look i don't care like, I, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're Rudy not, Gobert be going not, hard in the not All-Star any, game. You're not Rudy not Gobert go be going hard in t- the All-Star Gobert. game trying to prove a point. I don't want to see that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's an All-Star game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think a lot of people are shedding any tears. Rudy Gobert, who I would say, I agree, like, probably deserve to be, not probably, deserve to be over Andrew Wiggins. But yeah, I, yeah. Understand, I understand the sentiment of why they want to be. Okay, not spending too much time on that. Yeah. You wanted to talk a little bit about some boxing. Uh Keith Thurman will be returning to the ring. We have not seen the man in a long time. He's returning this Saturday. Shockingly, this is a pay-per-view fight. I'm a little bit shocked about that. Oh,
1: I'm not I'm not happy about
0: that, who's, 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 the, happy. who's the opponent again? Mario Barrios. Mario Barrios. I saw some promo for this this weekend. Um, I am intrigued because I was once a very uh high, high guy who was high on Keith Thurman. I uh, wouldn't consider myself a fan, but was high on him. Obviously, he's had a lot of injuries. that's affected his career, including with his hand. Uh, I, are you excited for this? I, I won't say I'm excited. I'm intrigued to see how he does because it's been some time. He hasn't fought in, what, two years, right, Brian? Two and a half. Two and, two and, and half a half years. years. So, but
1: that's why it's intriguing for me because, like, yeah. like obviously, here's the thing, right? I kind of saw this with Gary Russell Jr., because Gary Russell Jr., we we actually just saw a similar sort of a fight in terms of where guys were at in their career, right? So Gary Russell Jr., if you remember, Dex, this was the same day as whatever playoff game that was. Actually, no, it was last weekend. It was last weekend, now that I think about it. Because he fought immediately after the 49ers uh, beat the Green Bay Packers on that Saturday. And mm-hmm. yeah, just flipped over to Showtime, not pay-per-view. And it was on. Gary Russell Jr. is one of the most talented guys in the world uh, in boxing. He his only loss of his career was to Vasily Lomachenko in Lomachenko's like third pro fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, you know, still it was Vasily Lomachenko, and it was only a majority decision. It was a close fight. Uh, Gary Russell Jr. is somebody who throughout his career just hasn't really fought that often, was very inactive. 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020. He fought one time each of those years hasn't hadn't fought since pre-covid february of 2020 until this past uh week and lost to mark maxayo who apparently was like a, a a you know a fighter from the manny pacquiao tree from the philippines mm. but also is cool with manny pacquiao and trained i don't know if trained under him would be right but look uh i think he was also trained by freddie roach manny pacquiao's trainer long time trainer um Mark Maxayo had been active leading up to that. 6 months earlier had a fight, you know what I'm saying, like he's just been in the ring a lot uh, uh you know a lot a lot more often than Gary Russell Jr. and he won by majority decision. And honestly, I had it uh you know 115-113 in his favor. Gary Russell Jr. came out slow as you often do after not really uh fighting very often and then that happened. So and Gary Russell Jr. I should mention Entering his mid 30s, like 33 years old. And Mark Mike is like 26. So we're seeing a similar thing here is the point. Mario Barrios is 26 years old. Um mm-hmm. 26 and one with 17 knockouts. His only loss was to Jervante Davis, which he lost by knockout last June. They actually saw that fight. Um that was on Showtime. Uh he also beat Ryan Carl last last year by knockout. Ryan Carl was pretty good. Not last year, but uh 2020 now, because we gotta start doing that. Um, so like good fighter. Smaller for the welterweight class, so he's going to be moving up after being knocked out by Javante Davis to fight Keith Thurman, which I think is worth noting. But he is uh, 26 years old. El Azteca, I like that nickname. He's clearly Mexican. Shout out to him. Uh, Keith Thurman. 33? 32, 33? 33 33 In that range? 32, 33 in that range? And here's the thing. Has not fallen since the Manny Pacquiao fight, Dex. That was 2019, July
0: 2019. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's a long time. Like that's Jimmy Butler had time. just
1: gotten to the heat. Kevin Durant <laughs> had just gotten to the Nets. Like that's how Logo Go we're talking about. And split decision. I thought he fought that fight well. I thought it was a close loss, but he still lost. That's the only loss of his career. Keith Thurman, 29 and 1, 22 knockouts. Here's the thing, right? He hasn't fought in two and a half years. Before that, he fought six months earlier to Josecito Lopez at Barclay Center. I was there. I thought he lost that fight. They gave him a majority decision win, or, or I thought it was a draw, actually. I thought it was a draw, and they gave him a majority decision win. I would like to rewatch that fight to see how close it was. Before that Jose Cito Lopez fight, Dex, in January of 2019, two years earlier, March of 2017, that was a Danny Garcia fight. That was a Danny Garcia fight. Like We hadn't even started doing the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast yet. But
0: I remember us talking about that fight. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember that. I remember doing some stuff up to that fight too. Um, right, because I was at Barclays. Was, yeah, Barclays. Um, so that's how long. It, so do you think? Do you think? He and, could... and and nine months before that was Sean Porter, which which was a great fight. He has fight. not
1: fought often. It was a fantastic a, fight. Like this is made. Unfortunately, I, I would love to see Keith Thurman come back and win, and you know, get himself into that welterweight title picture again once more before he retires. But given what we just saw with Gary Russell Jr. and just given how boxing right. history sort of goes, to me, this sets up as a fight where I'm sort of leaning the underdog here, even though he's moving up in weight. But I think that's strategic, right? If he's if he hasn't fought in two and a half years, all right, let's get a guy who's good but is going to be much smaller so that Keith Thurman could potentially knock him out. So stylistically, I find this pretty fascinating. I just don't like that it's on pay-per-view. It's
0: not a pay-per-view worthy fight. It's not a pay-per-view worthy fight. Um but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what Keith Thurman has has not for in two years. Could bode well for him. Max could bode well for him. could also go be really tough mm-hmm. for him. I don't know. We will see. Elbow, Speaking, uh, elbow
1: surgery and hand surgery in the meantime. I that's forgot about the elbow and you elbow hand. hand had a shoulder injury a, a, a while back. Like that's the thing too. That's a lot of wear and tear up, on man. the
0: upper body, man, and yeah. and the uh, you know body parts that you actually need to be successful as a boxer. My- my they're um, upset. I ain't gonna lie to you. We'll see. You all there. right. Con- continuing with combat sports, Brian sent me this. Because <laughs> <laughs> this man loves violence. And so now this he's is almost my one time for your mind. About pillow fighting is a combat sport. Yes, people. Pillow fighting is a combat sport. What? And there's actually sent me a video. We'll, we'll have this up for the, those watching the podcast uh, of actual pillow fighting going on. There is people pillow fighting in a ring right i'm not really sure why you need the ring but people are pillow fighting <laughs> in a ring right like i got to fight in the said, ring okay got to fight in the okay i i guess right it, look this no i'm not here for this okay i'm just not here for this right like, i'm not here for this like if we're going to have combat let give me some combat, right? If we going go all the way, this is like half ass violence. This is what it is. this is. its half ass violence. This is like the flag f- football of like combat sports right here. You're not really doing it, okay? If you're going to have combat sports, for the people who like violence, I think Brian could attest to this, it's supposed to be about the contact, right? It's supposed to be about the physicality, the strength, the oomph, the bone cracking, the body slapping, the jaw shots to the face. Now we're talking about soft stuff like pillows. I enjoy a great pillow. I want a great pillow when I'm going to sleep. Combat fighting supposed to try to put people to sleep, and now you got pillows. We are talking about pillows. <laughs> are we serious here? Yes. Pillows. Yes. Come on, man. Listen. Yes. Right. Couple of years. This is way back when we was doing this podcast. We had that. What do we have? The Russian hand slap. <laughs> uh, the Russian face slapping competition. The slap fighting tournament. In I was scared for the I think slap it was fighting in Russia, out there in Russia, our Russian brothers and sisters were doing the slap fighting competition. I was here for it. We had an interview. Pillow fighting? Come on, son. I'm here for the pillow fighting. Listen, I think you <laughs> think I think You're desperate for any violence. That's what You're desperate for any violence. No,
1: I think you need to give pillow fighting a little bit more credit. Like, oh, pillow God. fight, this shit can hurt. You know what I'm saying? You can get concussed what? if you get if, hit. You put, if you put rocks in your pillow? No, 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 no. But I'm saying, like, if you hit somebody with a pillow hard enough, there is a certain technique when it comes to pillow fighting. You can't just always do it like a WWE chair, especially when you're doing with the one-handers. I will say, like, I don't like that this Reuters article has a photo of, uh, you know, if it's these two women uh, in a pillow fight from October 2021. One of them has uh, Blue Lives Matter tights. I don't know if you noticed that, Dex. I did not. I did not. It's in Delray Beach, Florida. And um, she's the one swinging at somebody else who appears to be a Latina, um, Florida. So, yeah, we out there. But, yeah, yo, I'm here for it because I think pillow fighting can hurt. And uh, I think it's something that could be potentially dangerous. I'm looking at some quotes. There's a there's a pillow fighting championship company. The CEO, Steve Williams, Steve Williams, one stone cold Steve Austin's real name before he changed it, says, quote, it's not something where you sit there and laugh and feathers are flying.
0: It's serious. It's hardcore swinging with specialized pillows. This shit that. hurts, Dex. I'm I, telling you. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would have paid good money to hear audio or see video of that. I, he sounds like somebody who doesn't the, believe that. Hold on. This continues. Although- <laughs> I like this. I like this.
1: Although the male, female, this is from the Reuters article, and the article was written. Let me get the the, the writer's name here. Oh, just says Reuters. doesn't say a, a writer's name here. Okay, we're going to continue. Although the male and female competitors in January's event mostly hail from cutthroat worlds of MMA and boxing, children will still sleep soundly after seeing the bouts. Williams says in a quote, the only difference between our fights and MMA fights is that nobody gets hurt. The fighters don't like to get hurt. And there's a lot of people who don't want to see blood. They want to see good competition. They just don't want to see the violence. And you know what, Dex? I'm here for that. Be what you are. Embrace it. You know what I mean? Like, look, it's pillow fighting. I still think it can hurt, though. Like, I still think you could c- cut uh, somebody with the pillow. But, like, yo, I think there can be an art form to this. So okay. I appreciate, look, like okay. competition. <laughs> I've been starting to get into darts lately. If you've seen darts in Europe, that shit is intense. They come up with chants for everything or
0: whatever. I want to get some. I want to get some of these people up here on the show at some point, y'all. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to. This is an ain't hard to tell podcast staple. This is a Dexter Henry staple. You know what's coming. You know oh, the yes. question I always yes, ask. Yes, yes, yes. Who asked for this? <laughs> Who asked for this? Nobody. Nobody was sitting there like. Y'all, According what, to Steve what, Williams, the fans did. What? What he fans? said, he
1: said, fan, he said, fans, you know, they, they want to see contact, they don't want to see violence, they don't want to see blood, but they want to see competition. Okay. Be what you well, are, man.
0: I don't believe that, I don't believe that in America, <laughs> but okay, fine. When's the last time any, when's the last time you had a pillow fight? Oh, uh,
1: maybe college, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why you pillow in college? What wait if, it, it's hey, 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 if you're it's at the true. right age if you're at the right age i ain't gonna say who but if you're at the right age a pillow fight can lead to some things you know what i'm saying like if okay. if you're at the right age come on yo yeah,
0: like <laughs> i am already far removed i'm just gonna say this i never <laughs> had to pillow fight with uh, somebody i was interested in to make things happen and you That's don't know the, the, the person same. it's not who you think it is and hopefully and, you should, I'm not hopefully, thinking. It don't matter who I think. And it. Hopefully, the I'm person that, that you bit. think it is not listening to this right now. I feel sorry <laughs> for whoever had to have that pillow fight with you. I feel sorry for whoever had to have that pillow fight with you again. Nobody asked for this. One time for your mind. One time. One time for your mind. One time. One time for your mind. Uh, Vine has something to talk about in the world of journalism, which I talked about last week. And I have a little Black History uh month uh stuff to talk about, about how HBCUs are being targeted. Brian, what you got?
1: A Black History Month? Really? That's yeah. oh my God. All right. I almost feel like we should start with you, but we'll 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 build up to that. So last week after we uh we ended recording last week's episode, uh I came across this tweet, which I wanted to bring up today because I feel like it's still something it's worth talking about, obviously. It's from a story. This tweet is from a man named Jay Rosen, J. Rosen dot NY, uh, Rosen underscore NYU on Twitter. Hey, maybe worth reaching out to try to get on this episode uh, or, or an upcoming episode. But he teaches journalism at NYU decks, um, critiques the press, try suggesting reforms, according to his uh, bio. Tweeted out this public funding for public media per capita. Japan, 5315 I assume million dollars or billion dollars. I'm not sure, but it just says like 53.15. I don't know if it's dollars, millions, billions, whatever, but 53.15 decks, right? Israel, 21.23. Canada, 26.51. Germany, 142.42, on and on and on, like Australia, New Zealand, Finland, UK, all between 26 and 80. And the United States is 3.16. I don't know if that's 3 billion or 3 million by comparison, whatever the case may be. So, Clicked on the article. And the article is at the site called Neiman Lab, N I E M A N Lab.org. Do countries with better funded public media also have healthier democracies? Of course they do, is the headline. Story written by Joshua Benson. And yeah, it just gets into this whole thing about how you, sh- if the countries who, and this is a study that the countries who fund their media better get better media. What a novel concept, Dex. Because we talk about on this podcast often about companies trying to be cheap um, mm-hmm. and things of that nature, which we just did last week in the same segment, though we did it in a much different way. Companies just being cheap in general and worried about turning a profit with doing as little as possible and how that doesn't equate to generally good results. And we often talk about how the American media landscape is. And I often wonder. And sometimes I'll 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 watch a BBC segment because on YouTube you have access to a lot of this stuff. I'll watch a BBC segment, right? And I'll see what they say about how we're doing things out here. And you know what I mean? I, I take somebody like a John Oliver, for example, on HBO. I think he does a great job of sort of like comparing us to the world and looking at how we're doing things wrong often. And you watch John Oliver's show, so you know exactly like what I'm talking about. And yeah, it's just looking at correlations and cluster analysis. And this is one point where it says that that alone, where I was just talking about correlations and cluster analysis, this is from the article, show that high levels of secure funding for public media systems and strong structural protections for the political and economic independence of those systems are consistently and positively correlated with healthy democracies. Look hmm. at that. Look at that.
0: Hmm. So well, that's where we are. I, I'm a big believer in, and I was just saying this to somebody before we recorded. This podcast is that you have to have as much diverse options for media consumption as possible, which is why public media is so important. So I'm not really surprised at those numbers. Along with Brian, if you look at some of the misinformation that has come about in this country around things like COVID and and tons of other things that have gone on, particularly that around COVID, it's not surprising when we invest so little in public media
1: millions those numbers that i rattled off earlier i just i just looked at the graph i figured they were were. were. yeah but so it's and it it goes it's right like you know the total and it gives you the total revenue and japan's media revenue is higher 6.9 million i'm looking at it right now the united states pbs npr etc 3.2 million uh israel 213 Mm -hmm. Taiwan, $169 million. Czech Republic, $718 million, apparently. Like, I don't know. I just found this fascinating. I was looking at the study, and it goes, it's a very, very deep analysis, so I'm not going to be able to, like, give you the whole thing here, but you get the idea. It's that the United States is not spending enough on media, uh, which is, and, and we're, shit, we're at the point where we're just picking facts now, right? Like, we're not even agreeing on what is actually factual when it comes to a lot of these things, which is the biggest problem we had, and- that's something that sort of had been bubbling up with social media, with this explosion, and it was very accelerated uh, over the last five years when yeah. Donald Trump was president. When forty-five
0: was in office, right? And yeah. then more people just took to it, and you know now we are where we are. Yeah, I think it's an interesting time because also because we have so much more media, but like we're we're not investing in public media. I know I like a lot of NPR stuff. I listen to some podcasts they have. Uh, Shout out to NPR's Code Switch. It's one of my favorite podcasts on race. Um, I I, I think when you don't have a lot of investment in stuff, you're going to have the problems that we've seen over the last couple of years, right? And it's a very critical time. And when you don't have that investment in things, you're going to have people believing whatever they want, looking at sources that aren't legitimate, telling you they're getting sources from YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. And these are the things that are going to happen because there just isn't enough diversity in media. And not to let mainstream media off the hook either, because I think one of the things people have to understand is even in mainstream media, what can be dangerous is there's a lot of things that are still funded by other corporations. The mainstream media is a business in itself. And so they are sometimes doing stuff that's funded in other corporations. I don't think I've ever told you a story. I'm not going to share it on here, Brian, but I'm going to have to tell you about how a media outlet I was working with um was clearly having stories influenced by uh another company and it was definitely influencing some of the truth that it could have been in that in, in those stories. I'll have to tell you about that uh right. at, at some time. But no, good note, public funding for public media. I mean, it's needed, man. It's it's, it's seriously needed. We we gotta do a better about that. All right, before we get out of here, my one time for your mind, HBCU's under attack maybe. Uh, Howard Southern University and other HBCUs received bomb threats. Now, they were recording this uh, right before February 1st. H- six historically backed colleges and universities, that's what HBCUs are, if you did not know, they received bomb threats um, disrupting campus operations and launching police investigations. The Southern University that I mentioned and a Howard University, Bethune-Cookman, Albany State University, Bowie State University and Delaware State University all received bomb threats. This was according to campus spokespeople or social media posts. Now, this wasn't the first time earlier in the month they have also, uh, some of these schools, also including Howard and Southern, received bomb threats. This was back on January 5th. Uh, Three HBCUs received bomb threats. Nothing was found on any of those campuses that received threats, but I think it's something to keep your eye on. I don't think it's something that we should take lightly here, especially what we saw last year with January 6th, especially being that it is Black History Month. And we know the hate that exists in this world and people who probably still want to try to send some message to a place where HBCUs have been so integral for many black people in this country historically to gain an education. Uh, Many people have a lot of pride in sending their kids there. I've been fortunate to have been on various HBCU campuses, including Howard, including Jackson State University. Uh, North Carolina A&T, really great uh, institutions that have a lot of pride. And so when I hear this at the top of Black History Month, I'm bothered, man. I'm bothered because for sure. we are still in 2022. And we still have people who are trying to attack our so-called safe spaces. But no place is really safe for anybody Black. And Black people know this country. Other people of color know this in this country. And I think it's disturbing. It's disturbing for those students that are there, uh, who already have to deal with the situation of COVID, and other things during this time, and now have to worry about their safety and people trying to attack them. Primarily, where a lot of these HBCUs are located in the South, where racial tensions, uh, as in most of the country, still high, and there is not necessarily respect for Black people, people of color, in those spaces. So, you know, I'm wishing all those people stay safe. But one thing we know about the courage of black people especially at these institutions through these times is we're going to be strong we're not going to let these bomb threats deter us and deter what we are trying to accomplish there are plenty of of fantastic young men and young women on those campuses and i know they're going to stay strong but it does bother me that they have to go through this and this is news we have to deliver uh at this time during black history month but stay strong safe people and uh yeah, you know, we'll we'll get through it. Hopefully all the investigating is done as much as possible. It just concerns me there's been that many school six that have been targeted already as we uh, start Black History Month. Concerning Brian.
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's unfortunate that this is not even, like, that surprising either, which is often what I come back to with these things. Because it's like, yo, like, (laughs) a lot of people are just very resistant to... Black people period. Like I was gonna say like just what's ex- what we've seen socially the last couple of years and uprisings and organizations being formed to combat racism, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, motherfuckers are still still wanna keep America the sort of way that it always has uh-huh. been, right? And they feel it slipping and they're trying to cling on to the last bits of it because America's changing. America's absolutely changing. It's gonna be a major it's gonna be a majority minority country in our lifetime it is probably not even in the law in a far distant future and the people who are dying out as we've seen with covid uh, are often southern rural white unvaccinated and these are the people more so than anybody else who are trying to cling on to the country the way it always has been so uh i agree with you stay strong hbcus um and shit, I, I would also shout out the HBCUs because I feel like they've been doing a lot of good work amid all of this. Like all the things that we've experienced or whatever. Like I feel like they're doing a lot of good work and you know, I like that uh I like that we're, we're seeing more networks run ads for HBCUs and the things that they're doing and give visibility to it. Like people could critique ESPN and First Take and I have my critiques with that format as well, but they do a lot of good stuff and pumping money into HBCUs and showcasing you know, kids and students on their shows and going to their campuses and stuff like that. I saw Stephen A. Smith doing or whatever. So yeah. like I have my criticisms of the show, but that's indisputably great work. And that's the stuff that people like, you and I, Dex, have been preaching for a long time.
0: Well, now's the time to do even more of that work, stand behind exactly. these students when their their safety is being threatened, when their ability to earn an education is being threatened. Now's the more time to step up and stand behind HBCUs who need support, who need that financial support, that don't have the long legacy of, you know, institutionalized money that, you know, PWIs have. So, you know, w- we hope that now they can get that support, but we'll see. We'll have more to talk about. As we continue Black History Month, that is it for this episode of the Ain't Heart Tell podcast, episode 210. 210 already, Brian. Uh, A lot to do. Please follow us on all social media platforms, on Twitter, on Instagram. We encourage you to do that. Also, continue to support us via Patreon. Give us a few dollars. Helps us support this content. We talked about supporting public media. We are part of our own public media. This is open to the public. You can support us and we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, for supporting us and we appreciate your continued support. Also be sure to check out our promo with our partners prize picks. All you got to do is use the promo code backpack and it will match your first deposit up to $100 really easy use that promo code backpack and get yourself a little bit of free money. So for Brian Fonseca, I'm Dexter Henry where I can tell you what I will not be doing this week. That will be pillow fighting. That's not happening. At all, <laughs> what, whatsoever. Uh, although, although uh, maybe some of the places I'll be traveling to this week, I might see some pillow fighting, but uh, who knows? Maybe, <laughs> maybe you won't see that. Uh, I'll see that, Brian. I'll see you next week when I return from my travels. Peace to everybody. Until next time, y'all. Peace.